Hi everyone, I'm Dave. And I'm Marvin. It's day 256, and this is God's Big Story. It's a story. It's big. Never boring. No way. For his glory. Always. It's God's Big Story. So welcome back everyone and here we are. We have made it all the way to week 52. Our last week, our final five episodes of God's Big Story. Hi everyone! Nobody knows what he's gonna ask now. It's Marvin the Friendly Curious Cow. So yep Marvin, we've made it all the way to week 52. Oh yeah, we have Dave. They said it wouldn't work. They said that I'd get fed up with you. Wait. What? But here we are, Dave, one year on. Wait a second, who said that you would... So, Dave, it's Monday. Jingle, please. What have we heard the Bible say? Let's remember it's recap day. Okay, fine, Marvin. Well, this is our last one. We gotta squeeze like we've never squeezed before. You ready? Oh, I sure am, Dave. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, and go. Creation and the fall, patriarchs and God's covenants. Moses, Passover, out of Egypt, wilderness, ten commandments and a tabernacle. Joshua into the promised land, then judges, then kings. Saul, then David, another covenant, and Solomon builds the temple. Kingdom splits, we had Israel falling to Assyria, and Judah falls to Babylon. Seventy years of exile, then they return to rebuild Jerusalem. Then four hundred years of silence. Jesus is born, he grows up, he's baptized, he's tempted, he calls his disciples. Miracles, healings, and casting out demons, feeding thousands, calming a storm. Parables, meets Moses and Elijah, and he raises Lazarus from the dead. Enters Jerusalem on a donkey, and he goes up against the Pharisees. Washes his feet, and now the Passover is to be about him. Arrested, Peter denies him three times, Jesus sentenced to death. Nailed to a cross, Jesus dies, goes dark earthquake, and the curtain is torn. On the third day, Jesus rises, appears to his disciples, shows his wounds, restores Peter, and after 40 days, ascends to heaven. Holy Spirit comes to the disciples there, healing people. They get arrested and released, but Stephen is killed. Paul attacks believers, the church scatters, Philip takes the gospel to Samaria. Saul's converted, Peter has a vision and goes to Cornelius, and the Holy Spirit is working among the Gentiles. Paul travels all over, preaching, he's stoned, he's put in prison, there are riots. But in Jerusalem, his nephew stops a plot to have him killed. We did it, Marvin. Excellent work. Yeah, good job, Dave. Way to keep up. Oh, uh, thanks? So, what are we listening to today, Dave? Well, Marvin, last week we heard about the plot to kill Paul, and so the Romans, they get him out of Jerusalem, and they send him to the Roman governor, Felix. Oh, okay, well, what does he do? Well, he has another trial, and the Jews accuse Paul. They still want him killed, and Paul makes his defense, and, well, Felix can see that Paul hasn't actually done anything that he should be killed for. But at the same time, he wants to keep the Jews happy, and so he leaves Paul in prison for about two years. So Paul's friends can come and see him, and they can take care of him and all that stuff, but, yep, he's in prison. And while all that is going on, well, Felix would send for Paul often, and Paul would go and talk to him about Jesus. Oh, okay. Well, what happens then? Well, then a new guy called Festus, he becomes the Roman governor. And he visits Jerusalem, and so the Jews think, okay, new governor, maybe this one will have Paul killed. Oh, and does he? Well, Festus has another trial, and it's kind of the same thing again. The Jews bring their charges, and Paul makes his defense. And again, Festus can tell that Paul hasn't done anything that deserves death. But again, he wants to keep the Jews happy, and so he says to Paul, well, how about we send you back to Jerusalem, and we'll have another trial there. Oh, but Dave, Jerusalem is where they want to kill him. Exactly. And so Paul says, nope, I'm a Roman citizen. My trial shouldn't be in Jerusalem. Caesar's the Roman emperor. He's the one in charge, so he's the one who should judge me. And so Festus says, fine, I'll send you to Rome. Then Caesar can deal with you. 
Oh, so Davy's going to Rome. That's just like what Jesus told Paul was going to happen, huh? Yep, that's right. Now, then the king Agrippa shows up and Festus tells him what's going on. And he says, I have this guy. I have to send him to Rome, but I'll need to send a letter with him to explain why I'm sending him. And I don't really know what to write because he hasn't really done anything wrong. And so he brings Paul out and Paul speaks to Festus and King Agrippa. And that's where we're jumping in today as Paul makes his speech. Okay, great. Yeah, so who's reading today? Well, today we're back to our friend Jim. Oh, hi, Jim. Today's reading is taken from Acts chapter 26, verses 12 to 32. On one of these journeys, as I was on my way to Damascus, I had the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, I was on the road. I saw a light coming from heaven. It was brighter than the sun. It was shining around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground. I heard a voice speak to me in the Aramaic language, Saul, Saul, it said, why are you opposing me? It is hard for you to go against what you know is right. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the Lord replied. I am the one you are opposing. Now get up, stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you to serve me, and you must tell other people about me. You must tell others that you have seen me today. You must also tell them that I will show myself to you again. I will save you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes. I want you to turn them from darkness to light. I want you to turn them from Satan's power to God. I want their sins to be forgiven. They will be forgiven when they believe in me. They will have their place among God's people. So then, King Agrippa, I obeyed the vision that appeared from heaven. First, I preached to people in Damascus. Then I preached in Jerusalem and in all Judea. Then I preached to the Gentiles. I told them to turn away from their sins to God. The way that they live must show that they have turned away from their sins. That's why some Jews grabbed me in the temple courtyard and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this day. So I stand here and tell you what is true. I tell it to everyone, both small and great. I have been saying nothing different from what the prophets and Moses said would happen. They said that Messiah must suffer. He would be the first to rise from the dead. He would bring the message of God's light. He would bring it to his own people and to the Gentiles. While Paul was still presenting his case, Festus interrupted. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you crazy. I am not crazy, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, so I can speak openly to him. I am certain he knows everything that has been going on. After all, it was not done in secret. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa spoke to Paul. Are you trying to talk me into becoming a Christian, he said. Do you think you can do that in such a short time? Paul replied, I don't care if it takes a short time or a long time. I pray to God for you 
and all who are listening to me today. I pray that you may become like me, except for these chains. The king stood up. The governor and Bernice and those sitting with them stood up too. They left the room and began to talk with one another. Why should this man die or be put in prison, they said. He has done nothing worthy of that. Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free, but he has made an appeal to Caesar. Thanks, Jim. Okay, so Festus thinks Paul's just crazy, huh? He does, or at least in the middle of the story, that's what he says. As he listens to Paul's story of what happened to him, of who Jesus was and everything that was going on, well, he thinks this is just craziness. And so, yeah, at one point he just says, Paul, you have lost your mind. But, of course, Paul hadn't lost his mind, and he goes on explaining what it all meant. And it's clear that Paul is not insane. He is of right mind, and he knows what he's saying. Well, yeah, because at the end, it seems like he and this King Agrippa, they both decide that Paul hasn't really done anything wrong. Yep, in the end, they both say, you know what, we could have just let this guy go. He doesn't deserve death. In fact, he probably doesn't even deserve to be in prison. But... He has asked for Caesar to be judged. And so because he's asked for that, well, we have to send him to Rome. Oh, gosh. Such a shame, Dave. If Paul just hadn't said anything about Caesar, he could have been completely free. Well, yes. But remember, Jesus had told Paul that he was going to Rome to tell people there the good news of the gospel. This was always part of God's plan. See, we might look at Paul's life and say, oh, gosh, that's too bad. What a waste. Two years in prison and then shipped off to Rome. But those years in prison were not a waste. Now, sure, if you'd given Paul the chance, this probably wasn't the story the way he'd have written it. But it's always God's story. It's never ours. He is in control, and he knows what he's doing. Paul didn't spend all his time wishing that things were different. In fact, he would write in his letter to the Church of Philippi, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. Paul was content because he knew that God was the one in charge. Paul knew that his job was not to be in control. His job was just to follow Jesus and to point people to the gospel wherever it was that God put him. Whether he was with his friends, whether he was in chains in prison, whether he was standing in front of a king like today, it didn't matter. Wherever he was, whoever was in front of him, Paul was going to do everything he could to point them to Jesus. That was what Paul cared about. Yeah, no matter what happened, Paul just never stopped telling people about Jesus, huh? That's right. And boys and girls, sometimes life won't go the way we would want it to. At school, we don't get the seat we want, or we don't get to be in the group we want, or the team we want, or sometimes really big things happen. We might have to move house and change school, and so you're not even at the school you want to be at with your friends. And all of that, that can be really hard. And it's okay to be sad about that kind of stuff. But what we have to remember is that God has a plan for us. And so like Paul, our job is to follow him wherever he puts us and trust that he knows what he's doing. And boys and girls, I can tell you, there have been a whole bunch of times things didn't go the way I wanted them to. Well, I look back now and I think, wow, I'm sure glad things didn't go my way. God definitely knew what he was doing there. So today, boys and girls, let's ask God to help us to be content in all circumstances like Paul was. Ask him to help us to trust him especially when things don't go the way that we'd like them to. But, Marvin, that is us completely out of time. So let's say goodbye, and we'll be back tomorrow for our very last Tuesday Tuesday of the year. Okay, great. Yeah, bye everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. We'll see you soon. God's Big Story is a ministry of Eden Grove Presbyterian Church. 
music and jingles by Dave Josh 